We are in Champions League, man. Hello and welcome to the Football Show. Coming up we're going to be talking Dundalk's Europa League hiccup, Rooney breaking United's goal-scoring record, Spurs falling in France and raining goals in Dortmund, Celtic falls Barcelona and Stevie G hangs up the boots. So lads, I think we'll kick it off with Dundalk. They suffered defeat at the hands of the Dutch Giants, AZ Alkmaar last night. Um, what are our thoughts on these game? This game. Yeah, to be fair, I know like you're being like slightly sarcastic. Yes, the Dutch, Dutch Giants, but Stephen Kenny did actually say this week that you know they are they are the top four. They are big, a hundred percent a big you know, side. They got an away result against them, so we can feel kind of hard done by that Dundalk didn't manage to pull off something at home. I mean, they are a quality side, and Dundalk have beaten sides better than them in like you know if you look at Bay Barstow, who are regulars in the Champions League. I know we kind of keep going back to them as an example, but. It was well within Dundalk's capabilities, mm. and they they were just kind of a little bit stale or a little bit rusty, yeah. or they, they weren't as. Yeah, Carl, what do you think of that? You think uh, rustiness could have been the could have been the case? Had didn't have a game uh, in two and a half weeks. That's it. Yeah, you know their season's over during their off season, and like like it was said, you know they're playing against uh, Is it Elkmar, who are in the top four in a f- footballing country? You know, mm. the top a top country like Holland, and um, <laughs> you know. You still would feel hard done by because they've gotten there and they've put in a few cracking performances, you know. And um, but but I mean, looking at the stats, they're they did come up short, you know. They had half the amount of shots Alkmaar did. They want like one on target, you know. Yeah. They um, did have the majority of the, of the uh, possession all the same. Mm, yeah, in the first half they kind of seemed to get back into, it, but then the second half they kind of looked like they they, they faltered a little bit, so. Um, well, lucky there, yeah. Stephen Kane's man, lucky. Now, yeah, it was a, well, it was a bit of a soft goal as well. I it think was a mistake, yeah. Uh, kind of Andy Boyle and Massey. It should got. have been cleared, yeah. and I think we were like watching on the commentary last night. I think it was like Kenny Cunningham actually pointed out that when the ball got swung in in the first place, like he, Boyle wasn't even looking where the ball. Yeah. He he had his back completely turned. He didn't actually know the ball was coming in until it was way too late. Yeah, again, could have just been mental fatigue from Boyle there. But um, now they have a big task ahead, Gav. Uh, away to Maccabee Tel Aviv yeah. who lost to Zenit in the earlier game um, they actually played quite well I know Zenit are already top but they played a full strength squad um, Zenit ran away with a 2-0 in the end but I would be a little bit worried they brought on this winger at half time called um, Yehezkel was his mm. name I'm not going to pretend I heard <laughs> this but he was running absolute rings in the left wing and if he's doing that against Zenit I would be a little bit worried about what he might be capable of doing against Dundalk but look the lads put in a great performance in Tallis Stadium. They got the 1-0 win with the Kilduff goal, and it could have been a lot more. I mean, Daryl Horgan missed a sitter at the end of that game as well. Um, they're away form. I guess if you can get a draw on Alkemar, who were probably yeah. probably ranked higher than what Tel Aviv are ranked, then I I think they're capable of a draw. But the problem now is, because they've lost, is the draw is not guaranteed to be enough. It actually, they, they need to win the game and even then they're still kind of hoping that Zenith don't uh, hiccup against Alkamara do us a few favours. You'd expect Zenith to put out a weaker side though, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's the thing. They're sitting on 15 points now. They've five out of five. Like, you can't expect... And they're just not a great away side as it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I do feel a little bit. But look, Dundalk have two weeks to prepare for this now. I think is it. I think they have a friendly with Brighton and another friendly lined up in the meantime. Still, so it won't be as maybe not a competitive fixture. But yeah, we, I suppose we, like last a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about their fixture pile up and how they were playing twelve games in the space of something ridiculous, what thirty three days. Yeah, and they were winning all these games, and it just seemed to keep on rolling. And we knew that like by the time it had all ended, by the time that cup final was <coughs> over. The, the players are going to take a day to uh, mm-hmm. take a week or so just to sleep I guess but it seems now that you know once they've been well rested and going into a game it actually looks like they were rustier when they were uh, when they actually finally got a rest and they yeah. weren't fatigued than when they were just regularly playing despite it being such an intense list still hugely successful campaign though for Dundalk I think we can all agree on that I oh, can't yeah. take that away from yeah. historical for, for yeah, Irish football as, mu- as much as Cork tried I can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think we're going to stick with your Europa League uh, Wayne Rooney he broke United's European goal scoring record in their 4-0 victory against Feyenoord he now has 39 goals and 96 appearances uh, European appearances he beat previous record of Ruud van Nistelrooy who scored which are quite impressive 38 in 47 games so how big of an achievement is this for Wayne Rooney Gav? Um, I think it was always coming for the amount of time he's been at Man United um, obviously his performances have been critiqued a lot in the last maybe season or so um, like he's he's after breaking this record but five of these goals are Europa League goals mm. against um, well it was a very substandard uh, Feyenoord team last night they weren't really they didn't really put out a full squad um, as opposed to Ruben Nisroy scoring all Champions League yeah. goals in yeah. hugely competitive um, uh, campaigns like you yeah. know almost 50 less go- 50, almost 50 less games as well yeah so look I suppose like he's like there's no taking away what Rain, Wayne Rooney has done in the past he's a, like obviously has been a fantastic player but I think you know he, he had most of the work done but I think he's after dropping down a few leagues and just finishing off the job so it, I'd put a little asterisk beside you know if you're talking goals per game yeah. in Europe you're still looking at Ruud van Nistelrooy yeah you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic saying after the game as well, he was asked about about Rooney's uh, record or whatever. He's like, I don't understand what the criticism is about. He's a perfect player, he says, that he has everything a manager wants. And, you know, he did once upon a time. He's, mm. he's got the records there. He's got yeah. the goals to show for it. But, but although my question is, you know, people are saying, you know, his time is up. Where does he go? True. He's still, he's not an old player. China. 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 Yeah. China is, uh, Everton. Well, China has been the uh, the red top rumor for a while now. As much as fate you can put into that, but yeah. I could definitely see him going to the MLS for a while. Uh, you could see him at it going back to Everton at some stage in his career. Like the relationship there Did still seems okay. Like it's I don't know. Um, the reaction from Everton fans when he did move was pretty poor. Yeah, it was very very poor. I don't know. I find I'd say if you find that you bring Rooney back to a role as a a centre forward, which uh, I suppose a, a lower team, a less uh, a less expansive squad would have, would be more inclined to play him in a more forward role that was suited to him. I think he could actually start scoring again, but yeah, it's he just, did play lo- number ten last night. Yeah, yeah, he's mm. kind of played in the centre just behind Ebra, but yeah, it was it was short passes and he'd find himself out on the wing a lot. He missed quite a few crosses. Like overall, like. Yeah, it was a lovely assist for Mata as well. It was a really good Messi-esque chip for his first goal. Yeah. And him himself and Mkhitaryan actually linked up extremely well. I think Mkhitaryan will be in a good sh- good position now to start this weekend. I think Jose should be taking a serious look at him. I he should have been at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely bullied that United got their hands on Mkhitaryan yeah. because mm-hmm. um, I watched him at Dortmund last season. And the season before, he mm-hmm. really struggled. He, yeah. was, he, was having, he was finding it really hard to settle into the team. Uh, Thomas Tuchel came and took over 
he had a fantastic season yeah. on the wing banged in a few goals he had like one of the highest uh, assist counts in Europe mm. and he comes to United and Mourinho just didn't know how to use him you know mm. but uh, I think I think he seems to have found a system with him now and it, it might have even like answered two questions which is how to use Mkhitaryan and another way of using Wayne Rooney because like again we've seen Wayne Rooney just he's just been taking short passes and these looping long balls yeah, out to the wing yeah. and they've they go so high that every defender has enough time to readjust to it anyway that it's not the same whip that you'd see from other players but the way himself and Mkhitaryan were interlinking playing one twos they it was great they to had watch. a few good chances and it was really good to watch and it does seem like there's now a system there whether it's a plan B system now or not we'll see in the next few weeks but both of those players do seem to have found a new sense of purpose since last night yeah, I just want to stick with Mkhitaryan there just quickly Carl do you think maybe it just could be a case of him needing time to settle in or as Gav said is it the system that he needs what do you think well, yeah, you do. You do have to take into account that he's moving to England, and it's a completely different league. It, it is a real different ball game towards the Bundesliga, mm. you know. Um, but then again, yeah, Mourinho has this problem, doesn't he? Just learning how to use these big signings, yeah. and he is a big mm. signing because he was one of the best players in the Bundesliga last year, mm. and um, a lot of people link with him. He nearly didn't even go to Dortmund. He's this close to moving to Liverpool, but obviously mm-hmm. Liverpool, no. <laughs> there was there was one point in I think it was around the twenty fifth minute where he did lose the ball on the wing like it was it was fair enough he, he yeah. got ganged up on but Mourinho went absolutely nuts on the sideline because right, yeah. he did not track back and you know this is kind of a this is kind of a Mourinho yeah, hallmark a, I mean it? this yeah. is this is why Mata like is loved it's beloved by everyone him. but does seem to be hated by Mourinho yeah. and he had a go at Mata at one stage as well for not tracking back. But um, yeah, I think that must be something he's trying to drill in there. Maybe he just has doubts about his defensive capabilities. Yeah. What kind of situation do you think Mourinho was in? Given you know, they are getting poor results, but it's been broken mm. up by wins like last night. Yeah, we're knocking in four. Tough. It's kind mm. of doing one what step they should forward, be doing. two steps back, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Gav, I'll stick with you for this one. In terms of performance, this is a game really four 0 against. I mean, we know mm. Feyenoord are a good side, top of the air division by two points. Yeah. Over Ajax, but this is really a game that. United should be winning comfortably, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it wasn't the strongest, other than Dirk Kaus starting the game. I think like there was, yeah, they had a few other big players, but United, you know, they went full strength other than Romero in goal basically, and Romero did okay. Like he made one really good save from a, a couch shot in the the first half where he just kind yeah. of jabbed his leg out really unorthodoxly, but it was a good reflex mm-hmm. save. So, um. Yeah, you had Phil Jones was playing the centre back as well, and um, again Michael Carrick was kind of running things just ahead of him. But United held the ball well; they had about sixty percent possession, and yeah, it was a, it was a very like you can only play what's in front of you, you know. And yeah. they completely dominated the game, other than that one fine or chance. Yeah, and we're just gonna switch it across to the Champions League now, and kind of con- contrasting uh, contrasting emotions, if you will, uh, for Spurs and Leicester this week. Uh, Spurs what do we think of them I mean a really really disappointing Champions League campaign as a whole they lost 2-1 to Monaco in France what would you put that the poor campaign down to I mean is it just a case that maybe Pochettino wasn't prepared did the occasion get to them because it wasn't the toughest group let's be honest they were blessed with the draw yeah absolutely yeah. blessed with it um, I guess the one I like there's probably two arguments you could put forward for this week well, I suppose that would take 
deflect a little bit of blame off the team itself and that is Monaco are going through what is a bit of a renaissance over there yeah. and what the fans will probably say like in one word of why they're not doing well in the Champions League and that's Wembley yeah I, there's been a lot of talk about that I mean I think uh, Arsene Wenger said it mm. before that I mean when they played in the, they played a couple of games in the, in the Champions League at Wembley I think was mm. when Highbury was getting read about it yeah. and they said the occasion Arsene Wenger said the occasion got to his arm mm. so I didn't it may have been the same yeah. for Tottenham um, but just on Pochettino I think I don't know if, if you would agree here, but I think Pochettino was slightly naive going into this Champions League campaign because I mean he did he, mm. he strengthened the squad to an extent, but he didn't really kind of. I don't think he bought enough. He didn't build players. the Champions I don't League think, squad. I, I would agree with you there, Carl. I just think, I mean, Janssen and Kane. We know Kane is world class, but Janssen, yeah. like, it's not really a reliable kind of for your only two two strikers in a Champions League campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I said, Leicester. What, what about that? That's I mean, differing, yeah, different, differing emotions. Running there. away with it, that was they? The yeah. first goal they've conceded in Champions League this season. Oh, right, yeah. I know, and, and I, I suppose a lot of people will give them give them the, the rub of the green, if you will, for the group. It's it is probably the the handiest yeah. group there. But you can, as you say, you can only kind of beat what's in front of you, can't you? But everyone else, I'd say, were kind of thinking, you know, if they were drawn with Leicester, they would have been happy. That's a good, very well. Yeah. Do you think so? Like, yeah. uh, they, they did go and win the league, form, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Before, and, but, 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 but before they even ventured into the Champions League you know they were thinking oh this is a one season wonder there's not a chance you're going to perform in Europe with a squad like that you know because they could you argue that they didn't build a Champions League yeah, squad yeah you either? could argue I mean mm. they bought what Slimani Slimani and, uh, but he's yeah he's got proven pedigree and in, sold in Kante. Europe I suppose yeah I they sold Kante yeah, they, they, brought they, it they made 30 million off it but they didn't um, exactly spend it maybe to the best of their abilities yeah so you well, could the, I suppose to the best of their abilities is pretty rough because mm. you know they went and won the Premier League yeah. once mm. and finished poorly every other season but <laughs> yeah I think the points total would have only given you about third or fourth every other pretty much every other season yeah. but just quickly before we leave Leicester I mean how risky is it to kind of sacrifice the league form for the Champions League which seems like they're kind of it kind of seems like they're going down a slippery slope in the league there I think it was fair enough to say that Leicester if they even had an identical season this year in terms of results we're not going to be picking up the Premier League trophy and mm. um, whether they could go for top four or not I think Again, you saw a lot of spending from other clubs over the summer, like and just ridiculous spending as well. Like Juventus players going to Watford, Zaza, and yeah. West Ham as well. Like um, getting the Grado signing for Middlesbrough, and yeah, they they probably should have plucked up their squad a little bit more than they did. I mean, Slimani's kind of proven in Europe; he's scored a lot of goals for Lisbon. Like, and um, I think they probably could have gotten a few bigger names than that. But uh, I suppose their biggest worry was holding on to who they already yeah, had players, and like yeah. there's big rumours now around Mares going away in, in January as this all falls apart I think they're yeah. all kind of I know about like January these kind of players really don't move in January I think January's yeah. a risky kind of time to move as well exactly you, you, you see a lot of times players will go in January and it takes them to kind of that half season to get adjusted and, and they'll get criticised in that few months so. and how long has it been since there was a big Premier League move in January true like last the, the last January window was awful it was so boring <laughs> like <laughs> There was no following to be done. Very true. I think we'll kind of stick to the to the British teams for a minute. We'll just go to Celtic. 2 0 defeat at home to Barcelona, Gaff. Um, I suppose we just call it a. We'll call it kind of. We'll, we'll take it and just. Yeah, I mean, Barca didn't really you, get out of first gear. Can you criticise anybody who loses to Barcelona, especially especially on a kind of slim enough 2 0 score? Can, I don't think you can really. Um, and Carl, where is Celtic too optimistic going into this group where some Celtic fans were kind of thinking maybe they'd well, is, I'm actually going to put this question here is a Europa League finish even too optimistic for Celtic in this group 
in this group uh, no don't think so no it's, it's, it's not <laughs> well look at y- y- you've got Barcelona there obviously the best team in yeah. the world <laughs> oh, uh, maybe they're still living off the time they beat them 2-1 um, and then you know City they've got a fantastic squad really whatever about how they perform in the league but their squad on paper is phenomenal they've got so many class players uh, Munch and Gladbach were the only team they were thinking yeah. really well they should have been thinking they could fight it out with um, still a good side though I think they've proven yeah. that they're still a yeah. no mugs they're still a good side oh, I think yeah, I, I don't think you can have any ambitions to go do much in Europe when you just cannot sort out your away form I mean look at yeah. their qualifying campaign was just rid- a ridiculous string of results against teams that should have been way below them Brushed aside, and the away the away mm. legs they just completely yeah that game they lost I remember they lost to time. the uh, Gibraltar the Gibraltar yeah. team yeah. that's a disgrace like. and like yeah okay you, you, like everybody knew they were going to they were going to take it back to uh, Parkhead and they were going to trounce them which yeah. they inevitably did but it's you can't really expect to get through a Champions League yeah. group stage and have an away record like they did going so I don't think it. they had the right manager to do so no no um, it's a good move, like t- for Celtic. You know, it, it was it was really progressive for Rogers' career to move there. Um, yeah. But I don't know if he was the guy to really bring them forward. Mm. He was the guy to continue the routine success domestically. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's the Champions League is all essentially all Celtic have now, isn't it? Because I mean, even Rangers they may in the next few years kind of build a squad to to start challenging. But at the moment, the, the Celtic have nothing else. I mean, there's there's no. nothing in, in in them really winning the league anymore. No. Um. So yeah. I mean, they've got the they've got a game against Aberdeen and the cup semi final yeah, this weekend, so. and that's about as big as it's getting for them lately. Yeah. Um. And just before we leave Champions League, lads, incredible game in Dortmund. We saw <laughs> twelve goals between oh, uh, Bruce Dortmund and the issue also a four. Cahill. Could have been us. on this one. Yeah, it could have been Dundalk. And yeah. I also been Dundalk. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm a, no, I'm not a Dundalk, Dundalk fan. fan but, yeah. could, know, have been, could have been 10-2 It could have been a bunch <laughs> of that. Yeah. yeah, so Cahill as our resident uh, Dormant aficionado. Thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, delighted to see Marco Royce back. Mm-hmm. Um, really confused as to why he was playing, seeing as it was said during the week that he was injured, he yeah. was injured a second time. Um, no, it was take away the fantastically high scoreline you've got a dodgy performance from both teams at the back True. Dortmund still have trouble um, I'm surprised they've ended up where they are uh, as far as the league position is concerned because um, they really have been poor especially away from home and um, yeah looking at Legia like, like okay their keeper gifted at least three of those eight goals yeah. to Dortmund mm. um, other than that we, we did see some good attacking play they've got um Dembele out in the wing is working impressive yeah really yeah. impressive um, Goethe is starting to find his form as well um, he, problem with him is I think he's played 90 minutes once or twice since he returned to Dortmund yeah fitness yeah um, other than that you know yeah good progression at the, uh, yeah. in, the in the attack but the back is it's it's making me nervous <laughs> just quickly Gav a word from you how far can Dortmund go in this Champions League campaign do you think uh, honestly, yeah, not very. Not fair, no. No, I think there's. Um, I think you know, if you narrow it down, you've only got really four teams that kind of seem to have this trophy monopolized at the moment, and you're gonna like yeah. at the end of the day, it's Bayern Munich, it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, and if you want to, like, you could either split between Atletico Madrid or Juventus to kind of slide in there as your your outsider. And other than that, it's very very hard to picture another team competing yeah. unless they manage to go on some kind of string of draws where. The big four will pit against each other. One shot results that might leave leave it open that way. But 
that's about it really that's, I it's, fancy Juve to pick up a bit of um, European form as well to be honest yeah well that's it's the, it's, it's the thing with Juve like you know they're not pretty to watch but they do kind of they're effective they're effective yeah. they ran Bayern last year Mm. I know, like, like they threw they threw the Bayern game away last year, but they've done that in previous. I mean, the year before, then they knocked Real Madrid out to make it into the final against Barcelona, and again, they just they just weren't up to that great a quality, or you know, they, they conceded early, and then you know, it, they kind of hit panic mode then because they they're not a team to go all out attack, yeah, and yeah. again, it you just you need the you need a little bit of luck to go mm. with them as well. This time around, I don't think. Bayern have the squad to win the tournament at all I really don't think they do after the game against Rostov this week you just have your <laughs> tell us about uh, your uh, <laughs> Russian um, Rostov are good value for their money Bayern did pretty much play their usual their usual outfield 10 I know they had their, their sub goalie in but he actually in terms of the three goals they scored he didn't actually make any bad mistakes but he was coming out for a lot of balls where Manuel Neuer would have cleared it and yeah. he hesitated yeah. basically but um, I no, I don't want to take too much away from Ross, Rostov. They really went for it. I think Bayern kind of have they have the group sewn up. I mean, as as we've seen Paddy Power joking this week, maybe they maybe they just want to get second place so they have a better chance of playing <laughs> Arsenal. Very true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Just um, a bad day at the office, perhaps, or Bayern. Mm-hmm. Perhaps just a bad day at the office. Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't look too much into it. I mean, okay, they, I know they lost to Dortmund as well over the weekend and now they've, they've dragged that form into the Champions League there's so many chances to put Dortmund away though all the same yeah but as, as, a great performance as the I say the form is temporary the class is permanent and exactly. looking at that squad list and how we've already witnessed them interlinking in the past you know it's you know it's just a matter of time before exactly. it just kind of recuperates so, so that's our rundown of Europa League and the Champions League games so as we're going to take a kind of a, 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 a different angle here we're going to look at Steven Gerrard uh-huh. 17 Stevie years G. at Liverpool 120 goals in 504 games, 114 England caps, 21 goals, 12 years as Liverpool captain. And will a, always, he is a legend. And will forever be haunted for one, one moment slip. with them of uh, yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> has got to go down as one of the best players in Premier League history. Yeah, surely. I was just really, really sick of, of this week's constant posts from sports pages uh, online, like um, a picture of Gerard. Followed by a picture of Scholes and a picture of Lampard. <laughs> yeah, give you're all always going to put them beside The three too. of them were phenomenal. What can you say? Yeah, like <laughs> and they were just they were diff- like okay. You could probably see more of a comparison between maybe Lampard and Gerrard more than you could put Scholes into the equation. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, again. I suppose you don't want to take too much away from Steven Gerrard on the yeah. week he retired. Although we we probably did have our own little session last last year when he moved to LA Galaxy where we yeah, started talking about the exact same thing. things you we're talking, were talking about, about now. About it earlier. Exactly. Um, that's it. Gav said I think earlier, the, like, yeah. the party's over. I mean, over yeah, the, the tributes poured in once he left Liverpool. I think you know, uh, symbolically, that was his career over. I, although maybe officially this week. But. Officially, yeah, we're kind of talking as if he died almost. <laughs> but go on, sure, we'll, we'll give him his moment we'll now, him just in case. Yeah, we will. And we will. I suppose, what was your favourite Gerrard moment? Regardless of being a Liverpool fan or not, oh. I think everybody has a little yeah. soft spot for a for certain... Ger- I, think, I don't think you could, Gerrard, unless you're kind of a, a staunch United fan, I don't yeah. think, or an Everton oh, You'd fan. have to be, even as a United fan, you'd have to be particularly yeah. bitter to not appreciate, find at least one moment to yeah. appreciate. I agree. I've got, I've got some... You know, great schools moments in my head. You know, the Barcelona um, one is one that sticks out for him. In the my head. volley in like oh six or seven in like I remember there was the a direct dis- from the corner oh, volley. Yeah. Was yeah, it against Fulham? Was it? I remember one against Villa as well. Yeah, but yeah. there was that whole. It wasn't in. It might be December two thousand six. There was five. You know, they, they were thinking Golden Month is going to be 
the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Drogba <laughs> had a, and had an insane like thirty yarder mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Go on then. What was what was your standout Gerrard moment then? If you happen to got a bit off topic there. But yeah, like, like, again, <laughs> we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to big up Steven Gerrard here. Right, after he's yeah. retired, and we're like, oh, did you remember that? Remember post 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 Poor Steven, yeah. <laughs> You see, when, when you see a list of his best moments, you see Istanbul, West Ham, Olympiakos. Yeah. I was not watching soccer at the time of any of those moments. Oh. I started in the 06 07 season. Uh, like, the first bit of soccer I really took in you was. You can't the call you a bandwagoner anyway. Nepotism. You fought him off for a long, long time anyway before you eventually <laughs> got great. to you. He got to you like past yeah. all the good times, pretty much <laughs> yeah. like, after you won the Champions League. Son, now's the time. Now's Come the on, time. quick. Yeah, <laughs> that was my now. moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, the first bit of soccer I took in was the shootout against West Ham. Oh, um, yeah. So, the best one I witnessed. Mm. What was the one that really made you jump? Um, 2008 2009 season. Manchester United 1, Liverpool 4. Oh, I remember. Gerard oh. sticks away a penalty and kisses the camera. Yeah. Uh, I just think that whole game is a great memory. Like, and um, my favorite team about that game was the Dusseina. Oh, oh, of all people, I hear that. Fabio Aurelio as well. Aurelio's <laughs> free kick. Free kick. Rooted Van der Sar yeah. to the spot. Great Other game. than that, like uh, I, you see, there was a stir up between that and like one of my favorite moments as a Liverpool supporter is um, beating City three two. Yeah. The, oh, when they, oh, yeah. When they almost did it. Yeah. And um, he gave the team talk. Like, whatever happened two weeks after. Butterflies at the time, when you look back at it and yeah. probably don't have the same feelings. Uh. This is yeah. it. But no, for me, it's got to be it's got to be that game against United. Yeah. It's got to be. For me, I think it has to be the goal against West Ham. I remember yeah. watching it. I remember mm. it clear as day, watching my granny's house. And that game was, that game was over. I don't yeah, care what yeah. anyone says that game was over There's, Liverpool had absolutely no right to equalise there yeah. and the ball just fell to Gerrard and he just lashed it lashed it past the keeper that's the game of his career oh, he, two he goals and an assist because he couldn't do anything else as he later literally on yeah because I I didn't even have the peripheral vision to he pick out a pass. Mm. I just I had to hit us, and that was it. As he was hitting it, you know the the announcer yeah. was announcing that there was four minutes stoppage time, <laughs> and he must have been like, "Oh God, God. just let me yeah. let me do something." Yeah, no, it was incredible. I, I used to love, I just loved the way he could kind of <clears throat> grab grab games by the scruff of the neck. The way he could kind of just chew mm. all his all his, his teammates so well. It's such kind a commander, of, like. yeah. Such. A, I mean, uh, we were speaking about it yesterday. Kind of, I think John Terry would probably be the only kind of comparable player in that mould maybe around nowadays I think and what do you mean like in the in the kind of that kind of real leader of the team that can really oh. get all the play, all the team behind them and kind of yeah. push on to, to get a result that maybe they have no right to get yeah I don't know if I put him in that bracket nowadays you know he, once mm-hmm. upon a time oh, Terry, Terry oh yeah, yeah no 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 yeah I 100% mm. definitely well, back like, when the two of them when they were in their yeah. prime uh, Terry was just was a phenomenal leader yeah obviously yeah. you know Gerard playing in midfield it could make a bit more of a difference with a goal or assist mm. but Terry was just mm. a great leader yeah I suppose Cal, leading well, by example what about yourself my yeah. favourite Stephen Gerrard moment yes um, I'd have that to free kick against Newcastle Newcastle <laughs> <laughs> little, little chip over and talking yeah. about that yeah. Um, no, I don't. I if I'm not going to go for Olympia, like obviously the importance of Olymp- Olympiacos, it's almost a carbon copy story of what happened with West Ham. Yeah. Obviously, it's an FA Cup and staying in the Champions League. But what that champions, what you know, transpired for the rest of that campaign, that all hinged on the on one little moment of a, a cracking goal in the last minute. That was probably the most enjoyable one for me to watch. Like I, I suppose when you're kind of bystander watching Champions League you still kind of want the English teams to do well like even if you don't particularly like Liverpool or you don't particularly like Arsenal mm. 
you realise how bad it is watching Champions League when they're not in it to try and want them to lose. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I think I had a bit of genuine happiness for, <laughs> for that moment. And it's rare that I'd say that about Liverpool. Other than that, then the, the absolute cracker against Middlesbrough. The the volley from about forty yards out at an angle outside of the boot top corner. I mean, you can, wa- you can watch mine there because you know it's not yeah. like the West Ham one mm-hmm. where they had a game to the, the yeah. game was lost. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, know, you the, can the, watch that Middlesbrough goal a million times and the swerve on it and just how inch perfect it was. And you you couldn't if you could just pause time, you wouldn't position like the just ball getting the ball thirty five forty yards out yeah. and just immediately putting your eye on the goal and say right, I'm mm. gonna have a go at this. Yeah. Watch me go like oh as well. Yeah, that's that's Stephen Gerrard for me now. I was honours here actually written down and the list is incredible in terms of individual honours. Yeah. You've got uh, PFA, Players Player of the Year, 06, Young Player of the Year, 01, Fans Player of the Year, 01, 09. I mean, you could probably take another 44 minutes to talk <laughs> about all his honours he, he has here. Um, but maybe, um, I mean, is the one honour that he doesn't have the one that he'd probably want the most? He wanted the most Premier League title? It's got to be his biggest regret, Colin, yeah, doesn't it? Surely. Surely, yeah. Um, you know, he had two seasons particularly where he really should have won it. Like 08 09, mm-hmm. um, the year they were going out with Manchester United. They um, they lost twice, but they drew 11 times, mm-hmm. finishing second. They lost to Middlesbrough, who got relegated that yeah. season. Um, beat Man United um, twice, beat Chelsea twice, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just really. You know, you cling on to thirteen, fourteen more though, where they had just they were so great to watch. Suarez that was, was a brilliant team to see. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um, but at the same time, you had two or three players making really poor players look great. Yeah. Um, you had Sterling coming up as well. You know, he he yeah. was great to watch at times there. Uh, he was great against City at the time to beat him three two. Um, Suarez and Gerrard, obviously, you know, it, there's no question. Um. Mm. Yeah, look at Gerard's career for that season. Do you feel like he actually had a big role to play in that, like their charge towards eventually losing that league? Or do you feel? Because I feel like I my memory's a bit hazy, but I do feel like he was kind of already undergoing a lot of criticism about mm-hmm. where he fell in the team, similar to Rooney now. And yeah. kind of there was this kind of honorary let's play Stephen Gerrard because we want him to pick up a Premier League medal, but having him on the field was actually kind of a hindrance in how they were playing or the the makeup of that team I don't know if I'd call it a hindrance I think mm. I do agree he was kind of there was criticism mm. coming in from just kind of I think early parts of the season but yeah. in the end he did obviously bring a lot to yeah. the team kind of towards the towards the end towards yeah. the last few games but um, was that would I be right in saying that was the, the season with the infamous United red card or was that the next no, year the next year oh, okay. his last ever game against United yeah. at Anfield yeah. how embarrassing I, I missed it I was out yeah. to make it a cup of tea at <laughs> half time. A lot of a lot of people missed it. To be fair, and um, I just I hear my father in the sitting room going, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh no!" And um, Jesus, like I, I, <laughs> it was such a shock to the system. He was just after coming yeah. on. If he hadn't thought about the move to LA before that point, I think that was probably the day that he mm. says this. Maybe yeah. it's time then. Yeah. No, he was already after announcing yeah. that he was he was, was going to leave. Oh, was he? So yeah, that's he's never going to live it down. <laughs> when he becomes a manager, he comes up against United. He's not going to live it down. And what what do you think about his managerial future? Like I, I think the the MK MK Don's thing has been squashed now. 
do you think he'll, he'll go straight into it or could you see him taking the back burner Liverpool role for a few years and then kind of emerging maybe in six or seven years time with badges and taking it taking a club from there yeah I know one thing you did say before uh, one of his biggest regrets as a player was not starting his badges as early yeah he didn't mention not getting the Premier League medal <laughs> 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 um, but he's a big fan of Klopp I know that much yeah um, yeah I'm I'm delighted he didn't take the MK Don's job because yeah. it's an awful club. <laughs> I agree. And, um, <laughs> although it would have been nice if he went and did really poorly <laughs> and relegated them. Um, Back to League Two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. Yeah, I see him taking a bit of a uh, an assistant coaching approach. Yeah. It'd be better for him. Um, I think. Would you prefer he kind of ended up at a, a lower league team to build him up, or would you like to see him get the Liverpool role in a few years? As because, a manager, like yeah, because we, I suppose you're kind of going to contrast two examples here, which is Giggs hanging around in Manchester United for so long to not end up in a managerial role, but then yeah. how well it's going for Zinedine Zidane or Real Madrid. I suppose is another way of looking at it. Where he's handed world beaters at yeah, the same time, true. you know, mm-hmm. and he was so familiar with the club. He started with um, Real Madrid, um, the B team, whatever the Casio, yeah. yeah. Um, so he knew the club inside out. He's bringing up players from mm. from that team. Uh, see with Giggsy, he got he did get four games in charge. Yeah. He got a little taster. Yeah. It'd be nice to see Gerard do that. Yeah. But you know, Giggs had it as a result of Moyes being sacked. I don't see Klopp yeah. being sacked. Mm. Um, I see him leaving gracefully, but <laughs> <laughs> he better leave gracefully. Um, Gerard, I'd rather see him maybe pick up a championship mid-table team or something. Yeah after a few years of coaching yeah I was saying this to Brian on Action Replay last night if he does come there'll be a lot of pressure on whatever League 2 League 1 Championship team. like if yeah. he goes to a League 2 kind of not a minnow but kind of just a mid-table kind of eh, mm. team, all of a sudden start covering yeah, you know what I mean all like of a sudden him. there's so, yeah. much pre- so much more pressure on him than say yeah. another League 2 manager yeah. who'll be there all always at the media so it, it, I think either way it's it's going to be tough for him yeah, yeah. Silly question. Will he be a suit manager or a tracksuit manager? Oh, definitely a tracksuit manager. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. Because no, he'd be know. sweating to kind of throw a two-footer in there. Like, he'd be dying to get on the pitch, I'd say. he's. Yeah, oh, I he'd wonder be how animated he'll get. I'd say he'll get animated. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see him get animated. I can see him get I definitely think he'd be a suit manager, though. How many Premier Leagues would he have if Alex Ferguson never existed? <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's, how much time? What time is it? How much time do we have? <laughs> God. <laughs> Quick, is, I want to go punch Gavin. That, that is scene, incredible. Scene missing. Alright, we're back again, so we've made a substitution, Ushi McQuerns is off and Brian McGinn is on to talk about Half Five on Saturday evening, yeah, Stamford Bridge. I've just uh, touched the ground and blessed myself as I've ran onto the pitch. Uh, straight you know, switch, he's gone straight. in on the left hand side there. Yeah, I, I love to cut in and, and, and stick it in the top uh, right corner, now fantastic, it's going to be, this is obviously the game of the weekend Gav, because... You know, Arsenal, Arsenal playing Bournemouth, United playing a poor West Ham yeah. side, Liverpool and Sunderland and Man City are playing Burnley. Like, this it, is the game it where. It stood out so much that we decided we're not going to talk about any other fixture when it comes to looking at the Premier League. We're just, it, we're just it's doing what Chelsea should and Spurs, be. and then we'll leave you to us. You can look up the rest if you want. Well, it's it's t- this is probably one of, this is probably one of the more fascinating games all season because, you know, Spurs have been undefeated mm. and, and, and Chelsea have got on this. Bizarre run, like just out uh, from from losing to Liverpool, 
you know, being bet well at Liverpool and then being absolutely embarrassed by Arsenal away. They've gone on six games without conceding a goal. I think it's 17 goals they've scored in that stretch. Yeah. And now they're playing Spurs, who are really, really difficult to beat. But as our main man, Paul Merson, the Lord our Saviour, uh, <laughs> said, he believes that Spurs are going to try to treat the back to combat against uh, Chelsea, which... which um, they did well against Arsenal when they did that. When they did that, and mm-hmm. um, Paul Merson says it's hard to when you're not playing it and trying it off the cuff that it's it's difficult to implement. Um, but we saw Everton try and do it against Chelsea, three at the back, and and they got they got found out, and it was just a complete disaster. Uh, no, Toby Alderweire leader for for Tottenham mm-hmm. definitely. I, I I think he's their standout back you know I think there he's he's the best he's one of the best mm. um best defenders in 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 the Premier League at the minute uh which is a huge loss especially with Hazard and Costa but you know looking at the positives Dave Harry Kane you know he's back mm. he is saved he, them from an back? embarrassment <laughs> against West Ham you know he scored two two goals in in what th- three minutes to salvage the win yeah. uh when it was looking like they had death in the face it's gonna be a very interesting game yeah, and how how do you feel about Tottenham's narrative going into this? Um, obviously, we were mentioning their kind of infamous European down form that they yeah. had last season. Um, do you think that's going to have a big effect on on the ha well, this weekend? Well, not only the, I think it will, but not only that. You know, they've lost. They scraped a win against West Ham. I know you can get some confidence from that, but they weren't very good to be honest. And I suppose they played um there in in their Champions League game, and 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 it didn't go too too well for them either. Or their um, but you know, did Chelsea scrape a win against Middlesbrough? Though? I I, mm-hmm. I see you can look at it both ways. Size size of the coin, you know, Chelsea could have been four 0 up, but then Middlesbrough could have easily picked the winner. You know, Gaston Ramirez had a few chances. Um, he he kind of squandered them. Uh, somewhat. Uh, and then the people put this tag too easy. That was a champions performance. They will scrape the one 0 win. But you know what? Chelsea should have won by more. Uh, it wasn't really a scrape. And Pedro hit the crossbar, and and he should have had a f- one or two more goals. Um, Valles was yeah. phenomenal. You know, Valles was, was he yeah. was fantastic. Had twelve goal. shots. Chelsea with thirteen. You know, but um. Chelsea seem to have the better game going yeah. on. You know, the passing is great. They're uh, fantastic in the midfield. Middlesbrough put it up to them mm. in the first half of that game. Uh, they, they, especially the first 10 minutes, they, they definitely had the majority of the possession. It's the first time Chelsea have been kind of pegged back in their last six games, and which is a credit to Middlesbrough. I think they're, they have a decent manager, Karanka, and they, they have a decent side um, uh, with a few a load of experience all around the pitch, which maybe some of the other middles are lacking. Um and but they they have a really solid base. They got that draw at Man City, uh, draw at Arsenal, and and you know that's mm-hmm. that's it, it's a credit to them. But Chelsea, you know, six games in a row, and and that record, that record <clears> that we uh, every time Spurs come to the Bridge, that record of you know have haven't won in umpteen years mm. uh, at the Bridge. It's it's gonna haunt them, I think. Uh, be especially what happened last year in the two all draw where Chelsea destroyed their title hopes. And how and yeah, yeah, just just looking at like particular players, obviously Eden Hazard was he the best player in the Premier League this season for you? No, I think Diego Costa is the best Diego player Costa. in, in the Premier League. Fantastic uh, to watch. Ten goals already. He six. ten goals, and he, he hasn't got grabbed the brace yet this season in the Premier League. But he's really? he's he's getting those important first goals and 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 the winner against West Ham in the first game of the season, and he's really causing some problems. His what I thought last year, especially in the first half of last year, his touch was just dire, absolutely. Absolutely disgusting. Now he's trying. He's using his first touch to turn players, which we haven't really seen from Costa mm. uh, 
because he, it's, it seems like he doesn't completely trust yeah. his injury with his leg, and but now he's really starting to flourish with this this long longevity and fitness. Uh, now Hazard is not far behind. No. Let's let's be brutally honest. But there's something about N'Golo Kante. I think if if Chelsea go all the way, it's that signing that could be the one. And I'm not saying Chelsea's going to go all the way. It's early days yet. They've won a few games. I'm not going to not going to start tooting the horn just yet. But N'Golo Kante has given this platform, which Matic did two years ago when they won the Premier League. He gave him a platform for the attackers to have a less Mm. responsibility in defence and go and express themselves. To have both of those players on top. Exactly. And Matt Matic has improved because he was absolutely muck last year. He was he was embarrassingly bad. The season before, I just he was one of my favourite. You know, the the holding midfield role is just something I love to keep an eye on. I just think it's if you have a really good holding midfielder in your team, you can really. You know, someone who, like Matic who, when Chelsea won the title, yeah. really dictated oh. how the play was going. I watched him, uh, I was at a game in the, the, the title winning year two years ago, they played Everton at home, and he doesn't even mm. motor around, he just no. kind of goes and hovers glides like, around yeah. and hovers, and, and his power just succumbs the other team to squander possession. Yeah. And it's and it's, it's so fascinating to watch. Perfect perfection in passing as well. I think he's one of the highest passing. Yeah, he's very he's percentage cut statistics in the Premier League. This yeah, now last year fifth. his tackling just wasn't wasn't at the races. No. He he was getting cut out so many times. It, it seemed like he got complacent, and and I think that's what most mm. of the the Chelsea squad did. Uh, but I I I can't explain. I couldn't even begin to explain how this. Oh, it it was seemed like out of desperation they went to this three four three three five two whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Do you and, think it's working for them? Oh, 100%. Uh, I, I've Do you trust the defenders that are back there? Because, you know, if you've only got three defenders, you want to be <coughs> yeah. soft enough. Have you been... Okay well, David Luiz so arguably... Far? Do you well, trust David Luiz now? Yeah. Is he one you back I think over? he's been our best defender, yeah. uh, which is surprising me. And I I've, I criticised the signing you, to, to sign it back. Do you think a bad rap? That, uh, I guess, like, Ken Early was making this point on Off the Ball a couple of weeks ago about how David Luiz kind of will have one moment of madness out of about ten games... And be completely judged in that mm. one moment and do everything else perfectly and not be noticed. Would you agree with that narrative? It's like, and yeah, I, I would, I would to an to an extent. It's like some some keepers, um, uh, as Oshin, you know, Robert Green. You know, Robert mm. Green's a good keeper, but he has that, he has that. Well, he he was he a good keeper, but he has he, exactly, and uh, but 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 he, that's it. Like David Luiz wears his heart in his sleeve as he plays, and he gives it hundred percent. And sometimes. He gives 110% and that's nearly too much and he falters and he, and he, and he just makes this god-awful error, you know, um, especially f- a few times with PSG in big, big, big games for them. He, he messed up and obviously Germany, we don't have to go into that. We all know what happened there. Yeah. But uh, th- arguably Chelsea have not had their two best centre-halves this season, you know. Yeah. Kurt Zuma, who's still coming back fitness and, and John Terry, which yeah. we were on about the leader earlier. That's 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 outstanding, you know. Um, and Kurt Zuma is happy to play in the developments until he gets better. He's yeah. patient. One thing about Kurt Zuma, he was offered to go on loan. He said no. I want to stay as I a think deputy. It was Newcastle actually. Wasn't exactly. It? Yeah. yeah, Newcastle was the big link, and he said no. John Terry, I want to learn under his wing. Yeah. And that credit, like. Th- Isn't that a phenomenal attitude towards your own exactly yeah because he like, knew, knows this everyone knows the situation with Chelsea with young players you're very rarely going to get the chance but he stuck at it because he trusted himself and he, I, I I can't wait to get him back but at this moment in time I don't think you could change that backline if they yeah. aren't making any errors and just looking again back to like the the Chelsea forward lines um one player who's kind of been in the media a lot this week and it's almost a bit of a novelty that he's there but Victor Moses is kind of. <laughs> He's been getting a lot of mentions in the lead up to this game, and do you think he's? Can you see him having an impact? 
Uh, like, do you see him coming on, or do you see he's he, he, he's not he, been too bad? Like you know, I just read an article today. He's linked with Barcelona now. That's obviously <laughs> muck, but that just shows you how much of an impact he's made. So on was Jordan Henderson team. last year? Yeah. Right? Before we elaborate on this, can you name and shame the media outlet? Oh, uh, I can't remember. I just can't. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll get a few later. I'll get a few later, and we'll, we'll put it up on on, on after. Maybe yeah. next week I'll tell you with name and shame. But I I saw that. Barcelona's frailty right back position they, they're looking at Victor Moses uh, they're also looking at Nat Klein <laughs> <laughs> there you go but that, but that just shows you though Victor yeah. Moses he's been a, a revelation is used a lot but and it, under, a revelation yeah. undersells how much Victor Moses has returned to Chelsea and made such an impact yeah. he's the counter attack the counter attacking mentality he has is just it's he, he he can run and he beats two players but loses the ball but he just keeps applying that pressure with yeah. the same velocity and the same the same persistence uh, which is which is so you know you're thinking of that Aspen Equator right back the last few years like now now we have Victor Moses it's just it's a miracle what has happened at <laughs> Chelsea and I he hope was, he was gone he was done and dusted yeah. really as a as a, a big team player. Exactly, you know, yeah. You know, his spells, he, uh, uh, where, where he, he was kind of gone on the merry-go-round around the Premier League for a while. He was at Liverpool, wasn't he? He was at Liverpool he for was at a, Liverpool in 13-14, yeah. and he, he got a few look-ins. But, um, uh, he, I mean, the last full Chelsea game I saw was the game against Leicester, and mm-hmm. he was outstanding. Oh. Himself and... Um, Chalaba linked up real nicely there for oh, the third goal. Remember that back heel assist. And another man, another man, Chalaba, who obviously yeah. isn't starting at the minute. But if one of those boys gets injured, I don't think you're bringing Fabregas in. I think you're bringing Chalaba, that yeah. rock, that 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 domineering effect in that middle of the park. Uh, this hasn't been brought up. How Fabregas has been ostracized uh, the team yeah. exactly, yeah. and I I fear for his um, future at Chelsea. I, I I do. I know Kante said things like. He still has a place in this team, and Two there's been speculation this week of William, you know, leaving. But I think William does have a place to get back into this team, surely, because uh, it's not going to be. They're not going to go the rest of the game undefeated by any stretch. They're going to drop points sooner mm-hmm. or later, and they're going to have to change things around. And injuries are going to come. But I, I Fabregas' position. Uh, Remember when Chelsea signed Fabregas uh, the first time around, and he was getting all these assists in, and these pass his passing stats were incredible. Yeah, you know, he really made a huge difference. Um, another thing do you think Chelsea need another striker I know I really rate Batshuayi he scored two goals I know it was only a development game and Chelsea's development team in that game I forget who they were playing but uh, there was Fabric Azuma Terry uh, um, Batshuayi and another big name player I think Oscar was playing and I know that's a huge team and that, that's better than most uh, bottom of the table teams uh, that they have but Batshuayi scored two great goals in that game and, and he, every time he's come on he's made an impact this year now the responsibility on the young shoulders I'm not too sure but uh, I'm not sure if they need a new another striker uh, I suppose you would you would trust Batshuayi as backup scene it's Costa he's not hugely prone to injury is he you know as as far as Costa's not really one for the long term injury he's, yeah, he's the one he, he'll it. be out for two weeks with his niggly hamstring and, 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 and he, he has kind of his, or he does get it Injuries often now. Now that's not having said it, but he's not one of these men who 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 goes going to be out for months and months. Yeah, three, four months. But uh, you've got the, you have got huge players to step up there if he does exactly. get injured. You've got Hazard. You've got um. You, you've got like our benches is Chelsea's benches is among the best in the in the world at the minute. Uh, there's huge strength and depth. Batch yeah. wise, I, I've named all the players in development team, and, and there's a few more. And our the Chelsea's backup goalkeeper is Begovic. Is is 
experience. Good start for ninety percent of the Premier League teams. So it's crazy just yeah. how things have turned from this from the start. Um, are you predicting a Chelsea win? Two one. I'm gonna two say one, two yeah. one. Uh, Spurs are a lot better than than people are making out. I know they've drawn their. I'm last. just I'm just gonna float this idea. Just um, I suppose from previous experience of watching this particular player, but I do think Tottenham might have a, a secret weapon up yeah. their sleeve that might be ready to explode this weekend, and that's a man who's displayed absolute class football for both club and country in the past but just doesn't seem to turn up unless it's a big enough occasion Momo Sissoko Momo Sissoko mm. I think this could be his week lads big shot and, and he, he scored against Chelsea not. before he, I'm not too sure now I I'd have to go back now. I mean the most famous Newcastle goes against Chelsea for me are obviously the, the Papademus yeah <laughs> Screamer of a volley, scored two brilliant goals. That, in that hurt game. me physically <laughs> and emotionally. Yeah, and yeah, but um, no. What would you have any kind of fear that this might be his his chance really to turn up for a game? Because he's not he, going to start though, but he could come on and make a difference. Yeah, well, he's only he's only featured in I think it's uh, six six or seven games. This and he hasn't done much. He's so only far. accumulated about just over three hundred minutes. Well, he had a lot to prove for France over. Yeah. Over the over the summer and he yeah. showed up, he really, really did when people were yeah. seriously down to you yourself being among us yeah. his biggest well, critics. Even after even after that tournament I think I was very happy to see that he was gonna leave Newcastle anyway when his value the was value nice was and high, but. gone up ten or so million. Did he? What's twice that? he scored oh he just got news there from Russia. He scored twice on his debut against Hmm? His home debut against Chelsea. That's what I was thinking. I, he might have scored in another game as well, but I don't know. It, it's it's all mentality with Sissoko, isn't it? Yeah. So but you see what we're on about there. We've mentioned, uh, we, we've listed a lot of Chelsea players who could make a huge impact this weekend. Spurs. Spurs, one or two. Yeah, yeah. Ericsson. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a lot more, I suppose there's a lot more variation when you look at the Chelsea squad about who could potentially make an How impact they here but when you look at Spurs and you look at the players who have been making it kind of it's whittled down and pretty you know, much to first Harry back from injury. I mean Son has been on a good run run of form as well Christian Eriksen he's always good for an assist but I suppose there's, there's nothing's really changed about Spurs since no which is a good thing and a bad thing I would have always loved them to have signed well if from if I was a Spurs if I was Spurs I would have loved to have seen another striker come in that was proven uh, at at top top level. Now Jansen is a very good striker and undoubtedly I think he he will finally start to come good. But you know it, it, they struggled without Harry Kane and they really have. Uh, but going to going to this game, I think the most fascinating thing about this game is now Chelsea are a high pressing team for the first time in a long long time yeah. uh, that we haven't seen Chelsea Chelsea push up the pitch like we have since pre-Mourinho in any way and now we all know Pochettino's style of play it's going to be two teams going to try and choke on each other out uh, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be really really fascinating watch and it's whoever whoever can can get that counter-attack better I think ha- will will find the most glory on, on you'd Saturday. wonder would one of the managers be cautious in that respect mm. or will they both just absolutely bomb it in the counter-attack yeah well there's no sign of Kante this whether um, doing some, something like being cautious uh, they were playing United and they were 3-0 up or 2-0 up and uh, they you know he brought on a second striker he brought on Batshuayi for uh, I think it was Matic but you know I think yeah so Wrap it up, yeah. Okay, uh, but you know it's it's going to be very interesting. Um, it's it's definitely. I think it's going to be a 
great game and I think there could be goals I think there, there I think it could be both teams to score as I said 2-1 yeah. Chelsea Okay, Grant. Yeah, sure, we'll leave it there. So, right, thanks very much for joining us, lads, and thank you for listening. Um, we'll talk to you again next week. Good luck. Bye for now. Uh, you forget, you speak about blah, 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 but we are in Champions League. Come on, man. How big is it? Oh, it's so fantastic. Fantastic. Well done. Well done to everybody. The honour, the, 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 the fans, the players.